The Clueless Joe podcast is recorded at DBAT Nashville and brought to you by Rawlings, the nation's leading baseball and softball training academy franchise and the world's top baseball and softball brand have teamed up to create an exciting new partnership. DBAT, powered by Rawlings, the official ball, glove, and helmet of Major League Baseball. To learn more, go to Rawlings.com or visit your local DBAT. Say hey, baseball fans. Welcome to the Clueless Joe podcast, powered by Rawlings, episode 5. Coming to you from D-Bat Nashville, the premier baseball and softball batting cage and training academy in Middle Tennessee. Developing beliefs, attitudes, and traditions. Music City style. You can follow us on social media across all platforms at D-Bat Nashville. I'm your host, John Christ. I'm here with my squad, Former DeSoto Central Jaguar, Zach Schreitenthal. All rise, baby. <laughs> Former Crean Lutheran Saint, Ryan Gaynor. Let's get it. And former Wheeler Wildcat, Ooh. Sam Bragg. Go Cats. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up later in the show, we're going to have a conversation with former major leaguer Julio Borbone. Makes his offseason home here in Nashville. But we're going to begin, much to Sam's chagrin, with the Oakland Athletics. I think, I think he's pretty excited for this, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Special yeah. guest. He had to be on this show. Very special <laughs> guest. Once again, they traded away one of the star players in the offseason. This time, catcher Sean Murphy, now a member of the Atlanta Braves. Love it. They got several <laughs> players back in the deal. Chances are you've never heard of any of them. They had the lowest payroll in baseball last year, $33 million. Eight individual players made more than that, by the way. They had the lowest attendance last year, less than 10,000 fans per game. And that's announced attendance. Who knows actually walked through the turnstiles? Yeah, that seems high. The Los yeah. Angeles Dodgers, by the way, averaged almost five times that, close to 48,000 per game. They have arguably the worst ballpark in all of professional sports, at least on this continent. They've been trying to get a new one for 20 years <laughs> at least. No real progress has been made in Oakland. They're an obvious candidate for relocation. So let's start here. Is it time to put the A's out of their misery and move them elsewhere? Mr. Bragg, please start. Billy Bean Jr., what do you got? They need (laughs) to go anywhere else but Oakland. (laughs) They should leave the country. (laughs) Montreal? There you go. Honestly, yeah. Full disclosure, Sam's a former A's draft pick, six years of toiling in that minor league system, couple of Arizona Fall Leagues. He is well-versed on this subject. Loved every minute of it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Big, they're big spenders. They really take yeah, care of the minor leaguers. They really do. They really we hear do. a they ton take, of good stories yeah, about they, that organization. Yeah, they take care of their players for sure. Yeah, that's good. Peanut butter in the clubhouse. Got to bring your own jelly, though. <sighs> Honestly, I can't, I can't complain about the food. The food was actually pretty good when we were there, okay. like in the clubhouse. Like, at least once you got to Double A, we had like our clubby was a chef. So like the food was always actually pretty good. All right. And then he got hit by a car. So we had a college kid <laughs> oh take gosh. over. But the main question <laughs> was, I mean, I know that they've turned water into wine more often than people realize the last couple of decades or so. Billy Bean in, in, in the money ball and, and everything else and, and finding ways to be competitive, win wild cards and win the West periodically. But I mean, come on, how sustainable is this business model when you're spending one tenth of what the top market teams are paying? I mean, you're not you're not going to win doing what they're doing. Moneyball will not win. 
walks yeah. walks the walking getting on base as much as possible their philosophy will never win a world series no I and mean, we see we see that we see it happen. I mean, even in the Moneyball era, like it works for a season. That's but what like, I'm saying. And then everybody just figures it. How, like, how was how was that different than uh, what um, the Cubs and what's his name? Well, the Cubs, the well, Cubs the, and Red Sox GM. They had superstars. Theo Epstein. Epstein. They had, yeah. they had oh. superstars though. The A's don't have a Chris Bryant. The A's didn't have an Anthony Rizzo. But they isn't isn't have, that along the lines of what he was doing though? What, I mean, what Moneyball was. You can say that that's what he was doing, but I mean, they like Anthony Rizzo hit 290 with 38. Like he's not up there. Like they didn't oh, have. Guys. They had. They had they nothing. Had the, players, the A's have but. nothing but guys that bat 220. Yeah. That like you're hoping that they but can he gets walk on base. Yeah, he gets on base. It's one thing yeah. to do that model with Tony Kemp. It's another thing to do it with prime Dustin Pedroia. Yeah. 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 Like they're big on signing. And we love Tony Kemp. He's a national right. OG. Yeah. Tony's a great guy. But, like, they're big on, like, signing guys that are way past their prime, hoping to squeeze a little bit of life out of them, hoping they bat 290 again. And, and once then, it's time to pay somebody, he's out the oh, door. Yeah, what gone. can you get for him? He's gone. I mean, like, their highest paid guy was Chris Davis. And, I mean, he was helpful for a couple of years. And then, you know. <laughs> he hit some balls hard. He did to right field. Yeah. What, like, was, his, what was his probably average in Oakland? He had a couple he had, good he, years. He hit 247 three straight oh, years. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I yeah. forgot about that 247 stat. three straight that's years. That's right. That's crazy. That's their best player. Yeah. It's that's a tough – I mean, it's a tough look. Hey, we play them a lot as an Angels fan. I mean, the Angels – So you're probably not A's complaining play. too much. They're, they're no, I mean, we're just bottom of the barrel. style of play is just not built for the playoffs. Yeah. If you don't have an ace, like a true ace on the mound yeah. that can throw game one and game four of a series, it's going to be tough to win. Yeah. Why do you think people are not showing up? Is it the ballpark or yeah. is it the team? <clears throat> it's going to be hard to show up to that ballpark. Ballpark's an absolute ball, dump. It is, it is awful. <sighs> it's bad. Our, but, our AA clubhouse was much nicer than the home club. I think but they're if, the you're, last, if you're good, it doesn't matter. I think they're the last right? multi-use facility. It's it a football does stadium. Matter. It's a baseball I mean, stadium. That, that, that line of thinking is long gone. It kind of does matter, because even if even if your team is first in the division, I wouldn't want to show up to a, a dump. Yeah, I mean, in a terrible ballpark. 2019, it's in a, I think it's in a bad area. I feel worried about my yeah safety outside of the stadium. Even well, obviously, there's the years like 2019 when I think they made the wild card that game. They averaged 20, 20, 20 a game. Yeah, twenty thousand. Twenty thousand a game. That's about what the Nashville Sounds get, by the way. Which yeah. is, but, but which I'm is saying, tough but, because but it's that still double holds seventy thousand. Well, I, I know because it's a football I still stadium. Get that, but it's that's repurposed. But clearly, they had a better year. They attracted more more fans. So if they're that's I, also the same year that their all star third baseman Matt Chapman had to get on MLB Network and beg for fans to come yeah. to games. Ooh, yeah. Well, and what and, and tough what I'm saying is, players bring in fans, right? Like the Angels right. are are terrible. But they have Shohei Otani. They have Mike Trout. Those are the only. That's the only reason that people come to these games. For sure, you, you have to have at least one or two big names to bring in tickets. It's just, and the A's don't do that. So yes, they're going to have to move. I, I will say this though: the one thing they are good at, their first round draft picks for the most part are normally Kyler Murray. Very talented. Yeah. <laughs> Kyler Murray is very talented. Yeah. yeah, he is. He is very talented. Absolutely. Well, he just tore his ACL, so now you're going to have to move him to a corner. He I can't think play he should move over anymore. to baseball is what I think he should do. Yeah, you think he should make that switch after batting 260 in the Big 12? I think so. Yeah, <laughs> he probably should. I don't know. Well, I think this is – It's punished mean, in the th- NFL. This, this conversation goes so many directions. It's yeah. not only about money ball and their style of play. It's not only about the fact that they don't spend money like the big market teams do because they probably don't have it. But 
This is also a comment on the city of Oakland itself. You know, we're 2,000 miles away. I'm not going to speak intelligently about Oakland. Ryan, you're at least from California, but the Warriors moved across the bay. The Raiders moved to Las Vegas. And now the A's are the only show in town, in town. and it's a really, really sad show. Yeah. And it's not yeah. a place you want to visit. I mean, they're not far. They're not far from San Francisco. So, so I mean, I mean, I think it's what forty-five minutes. I'd say maybe from less. San, is it's, it less? Yeah. It's just right far. across. I mean, it's not far. It, but it's worlds away. It, it and look at what look at what San Francisco is doing. Just they have to get out of there. They have to. It's a terrible area. I mean, San Francisco itself isn't very good, but at least they're a good baseball team and making moves to. Bring in attendance. I mean, the Silicon like, Valley money tends to come in hand. Yeah, but like with the Raiders, it wasn't everybody up in arms when the Raiders left, and it doesn't seem like that. If you have, if the A's are your only team left in the city, you're really not making a whole whole lot, making a good case to to keep them. Yeah, well, if if you're really worried about having a team, in I don't team. know. The Raiders had more of a dynasty and more of a fan base based on the past, and Oakland just doesn't have that. So, I don't know. I they mean, had a movie. They did, they did have, have a, a movie. movie with Brad Pitt. It, it, it's kind it of an a iconic movie too. Pretty good one. It's a great movie. Yeah. Pretty good one. When I watched Hill it, I wanted to get character. drafted by the A's. That <laughs> <laughs> was so wrong. What year did that movie come 2012. out? 2012. Was yeah. it? Yeah. Okay. That's about right. Nice. Yeah. But, and you did. Yeah, I did, man. I was, <laughs> so really put that out in the universe. Vegas. But it, it looks like, I, say, I, I want to say Vegas, but they're having just as much trouble to find a spot in Vegas as they are in Oakland. Well, Vegas obviously has space. I mean, it's desert oh, all around the it. city. So you could find space. And obviously, it would make sense to couple them with the Raiders and at least have a similar fan base and carry over there. But Vegas is probably the number one landing spot. But there's four or five that tend to make a little bit of sense. Um, Nashville's on the list. I don't think it's very high. No. But cities like Portland have been thrown out there. Uh, wouldn't be too far of a move. Uh, Montreal has been thrown out there. I think there's a lot of movement to get maybe – Another team north of the border. Remember, the Expos didn't leave because the Expos didn't sell. The Expos had a great fan base. They had horrible, horrible ownership. And that's why they ultimately ended up in the nation's capital. And San Jose, not too far away, that's on the list. Uh, much growing market. Charlotte is another city that's been thrown around. I don't really? know if it's a great baseball town necessarily. Yeah. But, you know, we're in Nashville. I know that there's plenty of people who would love Major League Baseball in Nashville, but not definitely not at the top of the list for Why aren't you a fan just, of that? I just don't. I don't know. You have to have a reason. You already, you already spent all this money on the Sounds Stadium renovations. Everybody wants a new Titan Stadium. Where, where are you going to get well, this money? Well, no, well, that's what I'm no, saying. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You just spent a small saying, fortune on an MLS stadium it, as well. It, it, MLS stadium. Right, not yeah, much obvi- obviously, it's not going to happen, but is it just because of money that you don't want it to happen? Yeah, well, it's not that I don't want it to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it's, it's going to happen. Okay. It's not going to happen. Anytime okay. soon. So it's like I don't even want to entertain the idea of. Okay. I think I Nashville, Nashville absolutely could be a major league city, no question. But just you're talking about the Titans have the city over there right now. They just spent all that money for MLS. And you mentioned the AAA yeah. ballpark, which is a couple years old. It's great. And you can't just repurpose it for Major League Baseball. It doesn't work that way. You'd have to throw a grenade in the room and start over. And there's no public money left yeah. over for that. I won't, yeah, I'll rephrase that. I'm not a fan of the idea. I'm, not, I'm just not a fan of the idea of talking about it because it's yeah. very unlikely. I'm kind of with Sam. I like a little Canadian little Canadian oh, yeah. team. I love it up there. Yeah. I think Montreal would be, be great. That'd be cool. Would they, would they have to rebrand? I think you have to rebrand. You can't just move the A's. 
They definitely wouldn't I, be the I, I think, I think No, they'd be, yeah, they would be definitely something entirely different. It would probably be. Expos. Would you would, bring back the Expos? I'd, I'd be down. That's what people would say. The the it's, it's, yeah. it's one of the best hats in Major League history. It is. Like, like, if you, if you it's one the of A's. the best logos in Major League yeah. history. The story what, what behind was, the logo. What was their logo again? I don't remember. It was that, that funky looking M yeah. person oh, script. Yeah, but, red, right. white, blue. But there's yeah, like, right. there's like awesome, 11 yeah. different Easter eggs in the logo. I, mean, I, I can't remember them all off the top of my head, but if you do some research, the, what they came to is, is a miracle with all the things they actually tied into it. It's yeah. great. Wow. That is cool. That would be, I mean, that would be pretty sweet if they, brought back the Expos. Realistically, they're just going to stay in Oakland I, and just rot yeah, there yeah. in 50 games until their prospects. Yeah. Are. Is there any possibility of a newfangled billionaire showing up, buying the team, getting a legit facility, and keeping them there, and being the savior in of Oakland? Oakland? Yes. Well, we, Not in Oakland. We used to talk about this all the time. I'm pretty sure that their owner right now is like one of the richest owners <laughs> in baseball. Just doesn't care. Has money, just doesn't spend it. Right. Like I think they have money. They're just not going to yeah. spend it. They're going to stay with what they're doing. Well, they're getting plenty of revenue sharing. They're gonna. They're getting plenty of TV money. They're gonna mold prospects until they're studs. They're gonna call them up. They're gonna yeah. do well. Sneak into a wild card, yeah. lose, and then yeah. trade. But they them have away. 26 guys making less money than Garrett Colt. Yeah, not a sustainable that's, business. That, no, and they're not. fine with it. That's I mean, not I guess. Play. I mean, they're they're. What money are they losing? They're waste. They're they have players though that they are wasting. A guy I played with Chad Pender, who's a platoon mm-hmm. guy for them would 100% be an all-star for another team if he was an everyday starter. Yeah. And he just kind of bounces around. Yeah. Some days he'll play outfield, sit so the bench for a few days. How much responsibility shorter. falls on Major League Baseball that allows this kind of disparity? We all know that the Major League Baseball Players Union is arguably the strongest union in the entire country, not even just sports. But how can they allow one team to spend $300 million and another to spend thirty? It just the competitive balance is is ridiculous. And that's baseball. Yeah, it is. Unfortunately, it is. But it has to be. There has to be some way to meet. There has to be some sort of minimum spending requirement. You know, I know there already is a luxury tax and what have you. But when these teams just whack the payroll and lose all their guys, and the Marlins do it, and the Rays do it, and the Pirates do it, there's so many organizations. I know they can't compete with the Yankees and the Red Sox and the Dodgers, but the disparity is just ludicrous when you compare it to. An NFL model or an NBA model. Yeah, I don't disagree. I don't. I don't know a strategy to avoid that. I think it's just been the way that the game's played for. Yeah, it has. I think that there should there should be a way to if you have money to spend. Well, I look at like the NHL and the NHL. I mean, pretty much all the teams are competitive because of a minimum and because of a maximum. And, and that maximum comes quick. Yeah, absolutely. That's my Blackhawks. Absolutely. Once you get good, you got to start dumping. And so guys. you know that you know that teams are always going to compete every single year. And now you look at you know Oakland. Is the they, is God. the issue because they have like you know over the past couple of years they have competed? I know. With not spending. isn't it weird? Right. I was right. just about to say but it. And I'm the, like, I, they actually I, have kind I, of competed. That's, that's kind of what I was going to say about. It kind of goes back to Moneyball. I mean, they did that because they couldn't spend and it worked but it's not world series caliber i also yeah but I, can we also just throw out there the no. money ball thing like who they had on that team by the way they had, oh, they had the cy yeah. young winner and the mvp that year yeah, yeah. I, I i yeah yeah that that is true they yeah, don't they that, don't really portray that in the movie yeah i love how the movie just doesn't mention miguel like Tejada once yeah by tim the way. hudson yeah. yeah all those guys but, but that's what i'm saying it, yes you're not going to win a world series by doing that you do have to spend some money but that is why they did that is because they can't. But their goal, their goal is to win a World Series. Everyone's goal is to I win would, a World I Series. I would hope. Right. Yeah. 
sometimes it doesn't seem that way. <laughs> but it really they're, they're, they're making lemonade with what they have. Okay. Opening day 2023, how many Major League Baseball teams this season can legit win a World Series? I'd say six. The, the way six the game is currently constructed, six or seven is probably what I would have guessed also. Six or seven. There's 30 in the league. Well, let's see. Angels. I know there's. <laughs> uh, Royals. Are what, kind why of, are you guys laughing? Give me 2025 and, and I'll put the Royals up <laughs> oh, there. Oh, no. Y'all got another 30 years. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I've kind of faced my... Yeah, I would say no, Zach's, Zach's, right. Zach's, Zach's going to be that 100-year-old fan where it's like he saw the World Series in 2015. <laughs> and he's finally seeing I, I it. I get rolled, rolled yeah. out to the you're mound the last, to throw out the you're first the last pitch. fan alive <laughs> yeah. that saw the 2015 uh, I'll, World I'll take Series that. win. I'll, I'll uh, die on that field. Yeah, I'd say six or seven probably. Um there's all, yeah, A's. it's it's always I mean, there's always one that'll surprise you every year. One, yeah. yeah. Nobody one nobody thought in. the Guardians were going to be good this year, sure, and then, right. you know they snuck in there. Yeah, youngest team to to get that far. I mean, right? what about and also oh the Mariners? They're going to oh, be awesome. Yeah, that, I mean, no I want, one, no one I, was I expecting them to, them to the do top anything. Spot over the Astros this that year. That will never happen. I have I had a hatred towards the Astros not because of what they did. Don't care at all about yeah. that, uh, but because of how they handled it. But the fact that they just keep getting better, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I can't really hate them. They're kind of like no. the Patriots. I can't. Like, they just win. I know. They're unbelievable. I right. Know. They're so good. And I they can. keep getting better. Yeah. So, so Sam, let me ask you, what what moves, what one or two moves do the A's have to make for them to be decent? If they were to, there was no money question. They could spend money that they have. What moves would have to be made? Stop trading your best players every offseason. Well, True. yeah. I mean... Who needs like to get brought to on? Let's say you said a starter. It's not. Right? It's not even who needs to get brought on. It's like a really good example. A guy I played with, Jesus Lazardo. He was mm-hmm. labeled a phenom. Mm-hmm. He got called up at twenty one, dominated, kind of average the next year, and then like had a you know a couple injuries last year. Yeah. Wasn't that great. Traded him instantly to yeah. Miami, and then he took off this yeah. year. It's like why not just stick with him? He's twenty two years old. Yeah. They were like, okay, we got what we can get out of him. Let's trade him and get prospects. Yeah, they're how old was Manaya when they gave him? Uh, Is that how you say it, Manaya? Yeah, yeah. Manaya. yeah. He's, I think he's a year older than me, so he's thirty. Okay. He was thirty this okay. past season. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. It's interesting they, all these moves that they keep making and. Well, it's why, like, I mean, why would you give away Sean Murphy? Is, why would you do that? Well, you guys, his value was maximized. Well, you're giving, get the most return. Yeah, you're yeah. giving. Yeah, you're giving away Sean. I mean, realistically, you got AJ Puck in the bullpen. Get rid of him. Yeah, why are you keeping yeah, him? Yeah. Why are you keeping a star reliever? Yeah, to sure. Metal? Yeah, may as well just. This team's going to be nothing but minor leaguers anyways next year. Yeah. No so Florida like, Gators discussed on the podcast. Please. <laughs> so that's the thing. If they do move, that's just that's not going to guarantee success. No, 100% not. So like the same. No, what's, what's, but it, it will get him a new owner will, with money to spend. Yeah. So it's got to be a new so it's got to be a new owner. It'll then. give them yes. more money, okay. yeah. I mean, just So that's what it comes down to. New owner. The answer to all your questions is money, more as people like money. to say. Yes. More money. And also, yeah. also again, you want, no, bring you want, the Yankees up. It doesn't mean uh, you're going to win. It doesn't mean no, you're going to win. No, it doesn't it doesn't mean just, you're going to win. No. You have a really good chance to win. Absolutely. People who don't care about the luxury tax just races a lot of better chance to win. Absolutely. Imagine, Absolutely. imagine if the Yankees ran out their minor league teams in the big leagues. Would they have won this year? No, they'd have won 49 games yeah. like the A's. Yeah. He's not wrong. But it's also the A's every year they brag about how they are homegrown. I would love to know how many guys on their <laughs> team this year were drafted by the Oakland Athletics. Really? Yeah. Is that what they claim? Oh, 
they're they're like our our team is our guys, uh. and we're like what <laughs> the A's way, we're like, the A's, yeah the A's way. Like, what <laughs> what are you talking about? God, it's uh, just yeah, crazy. Yeah. It, well, it's just crazy because like now I get sometimes you can't see what you have in front of you because of you know signing bonus with guys and stuff like that. But like I've watched them like one of my best friends, they let him walk because they were gonna send him back to Double A for his sixth year, and now he is the closer for the Washington Nationals. Yeah for his third year. Yeah. He's had three great big league seasons. Yeah. And they were willing to send this guy to double A for his fourth straight year. Yeah. So maybe you want to get drafted by the A's. No, I will, be, I will be, say this. They, yeah, then, no kidding. Oh, they definitely get traded away. Well, they, def- have success. they definitely open the doors for people, but it's also like te- teams will have a tough time signing you and you become a free agent. If you've just like meddled around in double A for yeah. a few years and you're 30 years old. Yeah. Like no one's gonna like jump at that. Yeah. I'm gonna be like, okay, we need that guy sure. in our double A. James sure. Nail. James Nail was fortunate to be in Triple A last Shout year. Shout out. And he did yeah. have a good, one of our did, guys. He did have a great year last year. But I'm saying like they do open the doors for people. But also look at that. Like he made it to the big leagues and for the most part was pretty successful up there. Yeah. He had a couple rough outings yeah. out of like six. Yeah. But like they didn't even want to reoffer him. They didn't reoffer him. They didn't want him back. Yeah. And it's like, how do you not want him back? Right. Just poor he, he decision have, making. He probably could have had yeah. a two or three ERA pitching yeah. for the A's this yeah. year yeah. in a full Absol- season. Absolutely. Yeah. Just but poor decision th- Yeah, it is. It's terrible decision yeah. making, but he went to, he went to Well, a, you think they would learn from it after it's happened so many times too. I mean, giving away players and not letting it ride. I mean, I watched I watched them now, granted, I didn't think this guy was very good, but I watched them release a guy in twenty sixteen to make room in double A for guys like me, like a younger guy. And then the Cubs picked him up, and he made it to the big leagues with him. So, like, the World Series champions were like, this guy's good enough to play for us. And the Oakland Athletics, who won 57 games the year before, were like, not for us, though. It's weird. So the the last place I want to steer the conversation is to you, Sam. So let's just say that the Oakland A's do disappear one day. They become the Montreal Moose. Mm. Oh, the Moose. How are you going to feel? I'm going to feel good about it. I mean, that's I feel, I feel bad for the players there. It's a bad situation to be in. Yeah. Like the club you like you want to go to the ballpark every day excited. Yeah. And I know that a lot of those guys are not thrilled. Like yeah. you don't want, like I hated being in low A going to the field and there being, you know, 800 people, which I feel like is in comparison to going to the Coliseum and there's 3000. Yeah. I would be willing to bet that there were games this year where there was under 1000 people. In a stadium that holds like there, it. Dude, there were some pictures yeah, that looked like it. Absurd. Yeah. Um, so, you, but, I mean, would you say that the environment is people wanting to get traded in the organization because it's so bad? I think morale-wise. Yeah. Yeah. I, I also think for the most part that you get like the older guys that go there want to go there because that's the only opportunity they're going to get. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's like okay, I've failed at a lot of places. I know Oakland will take me. True. True. Give me that last shot. So, do you think Sean Murphy's pretty stoked to be going over to? I can't. I can't <laughs> imagine. <laughs> are you kidding? I Play mean, a World Series. He's, bags are already packed. he's gonna. Yeah, he's gonna have a chance to win. It's not. Gonna, it's gonna be different for him. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think he. And I also think that you go to a team like that, you have a bunch of guys that can protect you in the lineup. Like now, yeah. you got to pitch to him. Yeah. Back to back years with Olson. <laughs> now. Yeah, never Murphy just, just taking the A's just, best players. Love it. Just got <laughs> to get used to having fans in the ballpark. Stoked. That's all. Love it. Stoked. It's just free tickets so for that, me. That's my thing. Though. There's no way that this ownership can look year after year and be like, we're going to win a World Series or we're trying to win a World no. Series. There's got to be I mean, some kind of reality yeah, where there's. I've ne- I never once 
in my six years there heard them use the word rebuild. Every year they talked about it like we can win this it. We can it. win it with these guys. But yet they make these moves which are so, strictly rebuild moves. Well, here's the thing is like I understand every team wants prospects. You want better players in your organization. That's that's every team. Yeah. But they had guys this year that if you just got a couple more better players, you could win. Absolutely. You did not need to get rid of Frankie Montas. You did not no. need to get rid of Lou Trevino. Unless you're the Angels. You did not get had to get you like Matt Chapman. He could have stayed. Yeah. Like he could have stayed. Who wants to stay? But exactly. Yeah. They're they're thrilled. Yeah. Something needs to happen. I don't know what it's I mean, all, but, be, but, all, but also, like, I mean, you know, you give away these guys and look what teams are doing with them, like Chap. I know. Chap was going to get, what, like $7 million from yeah. the A's, and the Blue Jays are like, oh, we'll give you 15 a year. Yeah. Olsen's <laughs> making 27 a year. Yeah. It's like, okay, well. Yeah. Can't they, blame them. A's don't have that. Nope. Okay, let's wrap it up there. Time to take a break. When we come back, we're going to be joined by former major leaguer Julio Bourbon. The Clueless Joe podcast is brought to you by Tanner Tees. The best batting tees for your baseball or softball player. Made with premium, durable materials and assembled in Sarasota, Florida. Invented by Joe Tanner in 1988 and perfected over 30 years, every Tanner tee represents the very best in the business. Here at DBAT Nashville, we feature the heavy model in all of our cages and also sell them in our pro shop. It's a tough, professional quality weighted batting tee with a flexible, hand-rolled rubber cone that's perfect for baseball, fast pitch and slow pitch. This heavy-duty batting tee is designed with a 10-pound, claw-style base for extra stability on any hitting surface. Sturdy enough to stay upright through the occasional mishit. To learn more, go to TannerTees.com or visit your local D-Bat. Okay, we are pleased to be joined by Julio Bourbon, born in Starkville, Mississippi, but he played his high school ball in the Dominican Republic. Played collegially not too far away from here, Tennessee, career 355 hitter. At the D1 level, made the College World Series as a freshman in 2005, went on to be drafted 35th overall by the Texas Rangers, eventually played in the majors for the Rangers, the Cubs, and the Orioles, and according to baseball reference in the big leagues, his career earnings were about, uh, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) He's currently the assistant coordinator of player development for the Minnesota Twins. Julio, thank you so much for being here. Absolutely. I'm thrilled. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, it's great to see you. Uh, I know you've been a familiar face here the last couple of off seasons. You're always a joy to work with. but the Dominican Republic's where I wanted to start, since that's where you had most of your formative years as a baseball player, has a population of approximately 11 million people, which is about the same as the city of Paris, as a matter of fact. Oh. But this past year in Major League Baseball, 10% of Major League players were from the DR. 10%. So what exactly is in the water down there? That's crazy. I see you did your research. Uh, it's uh, Yeah, definitely, you know. Just looking back, especially at the stage that I'm in now in my life, I, I look at like how unconventional my path was to be sitting even here today, um, having, as you mentioned, being born in Starkville, Mississippi. My dad was at the time getting his PhD uh, in Mississippi. Said a lot of people look at my last name and they the first thing that comes to mind is Pedro Bourbon. They always ask, "How's your dad doing?" Or you know, "Where's where is he at today?" I was like, "My dad didn't play baseball." He was more of a, you know, he was more into the academics. So he ended up getting his PhD, which is the reason why I was born there. Uh, so right after my dad finished that, I ended up uh, moving back to the DR. My dad just wanted to go back there and, and, and work. So I spent pretty much my childhood there uh, up until I was 17 years old, which is obviously when I decided to 
to go to Tennessee, which was, was another crazy ride as far as, you know, finding myself there. People were like, how did you end up from Dominican all the way to in Knoxville? And, you know, the coach at the time, I'm sure some of you guys are familiar with him, Rod Delmonico. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he ended up making a trip down there. I think he had seen a few kids who were college ready at the time, and I was just a freshman. So uh, he got a chance to, to see me working out. My coach would always have me working out with guys who were um, uh, older than me, just keeping me ahead ahead of the curb and I think he just happened to see me running around and asked about my, asked about me and he said hey he's just only a freshman at the time the rules weren't in place where you can you could talk to freshmen so he was aware of that so he kind of kept an eye on me and and from there you know I think I started coming to the states to play but you know as you mentioned the DR is just is such a special place to me just the, given the fact that I, I spent majority of my, of my childhood, as I mentioned, uh, just growing up around baseball, you know, soccer's fairly big along with basketball a little bit, but baseball is obviously the main entertainment and, and pastime there. And uh, I just, it just kind of grew organically. I ended up, you know, watching games even in the States. My dad would take me to, to a Duty Noble Field in, in Starkville as a two, three-year-old. I don't remember it, of course, but he did. He does share those memories with me of, of watching Rafael Palmero, Will Clark, Bobby Thipkin. Like, yeah, so they had I, some nice. team back then. Yeah, yeah. so I, I don't – again, I had my – I was to some extent attached to, to Mississippi State because of the place being born there, and, and, you know, I went to a few camps there. But uh, just just overall, like thinking back at, at at the time that I got to spend there was was pretty good. Was pretty special just just because of all the things, all this, this not only the skills, but a lot of things about the culture that that teaches you and 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 you get to learn about you know the game and, and things that obviously differ significantly from the states. So I know either or questions aren't always the best interview tactic, but I, I thought of this one when I was doing my research before talking to you. Would you rather take a group of high school kids from the Dominican Republic? and bring them to the United States to see how we play the game of baseball and what we have at our disposal? Or would you rather take a bunch of American kids, bring them to the DR, and show them what it's like to grow up playing ball there? That's an awesome question. Yeah, um, I, I, have seen, I have seen it. I've done this before, boys. Yeah. <laughs> no, no doubt. Uh, you know, it, and part of the reason why, as I mentioned, like I, I'm in this position was because there was a, a team that went down there just to kind of start all the way from the beginning of that story. Um, and they played with us and they got to meet me and I spoke a decent amount of English at the time. So um, I, I think, you know, when you bring kids from here, I've had a few friends who work for the organizations and they've actually brought that up to me. Uh, I think it, I would suggest both, man. I think bringing Dominican kids, it opens their eyes to, to new opportunities, bringing kids from here to there, it gets them to, to really appreciate the things that, that we have here. So um, I, I wouldn't be opposed. I, I would love to do both. I'm actually in the middle of working with a former teammate at Tennessee to get the kids from Knoxville to go down there. And uh, like I said, we came on a trip here to Memphis uh, back in 2000. There was a, a group of us of like 16, 17 kids who came to play in a tournament. And that was that was still a, a trip that we of, of a lifetime for us. We got to go to Memphis, go to Elvis House. Like we have so many fond memories of that trip. And we got to really it opened up doors to a lot of kids to see that, you know, you could not only sign as a, uh, as a 16 year old, but their colleges and, and other, other venues and possibilities for you to kind of reach goals without having to just get stuck in, in signing a contract at, at such a young age. Now you hear all those stories about kids growing up, 
poor and shoeless and they're literally using, you know, milk cartons as gloves and things like that. I mean, did you see things, things like that growing up? Is that really how it is in certain pockets? No doubt. I, I, I even myself got to be a part of that a little bit, you know, playing the, the famous game called Vitilla, which is, you know, those bottle caps right. with the, with the mm-hmm. broomsticks. Mm-hmm. I play that almost every day. I got a picture I ran, I ran into. My dad actually sent it to me, but I had saved it and forgotten about it where there was a hurricane back in, I want to say 98 maybe, where, you know, everything was torn down and I was playing in the streets like literally the street was splitting us and we were playing and like that was that was the upbringing that's what we did we hung around our neighborhood uh, we made you know we grabbed some of those cartons and made gloves out of them we grabbed some balls that were I'm talking about the worst shape of a ball you can think where the strings are coming off mm-hmm. um, and we tape it with black tape and I got I got to see a lot of that and and obviously that was mainly in the city so the further you get out into the country I'm sure as, obviously you get to see a, you get to see it a lot more I'm guessing if you can barrel up a bottle cap uh, getting to D1 baseball is yeah. not the hand eye coordination yeah. is just phenomenal. No oh, no doubt. It, you know, the way that it, it was spun, we played tournaments. I mean, it got so so intense to where we would draw the strike zone and think about this bottle cap, and you're you're at a 15 foot distance. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't far at all, right? And they're slinging it, and that thing is moving. It's you, you, those pitches you see today, it's kind of similar to that. <laughs> yeah, it's right, not, yeah, it's not exactly. harder. Yeah, yeah. And then you're hitting it with a, with a stick, which makes it hard, like you said. So definitely an advantage. So big honor for you recently. You've been named one of the coaches for the Dominican team in the upcoming World Baseball Classic. That will be played in March. It's got to be an incredible honor. Just how does that feel? It's pretty exciting. I got to find out about it a, uh, a little while back. Uh, obviously, a lot of this stuff was in the making as far as, you know, waiting for, for permits and, and uh, the teams to authorize it. But I was, you know, just waiting for this to become official, and I'm, I'm pretty pumped about it. Uh, there's a, quite a few of those guys on, on, those, on the team that I got to play against and with, obviously, being recently retired. So um, I'm just excited because it's a, it's a tournament, obviously, as a lot of baseball fans are aware where a lot of the countries come together and, and compete, some of the top players in the, in the world. So uh, just to be able to be a part of that team and, and help in, in any capacity will be an honor for me. And that starting lineup is going to look like what? It, who, are, who are some of the guys going to make out that lineup? It's, it's going to be – I don't know what the manager, Rodney Linares, who's the third-base coach for the, the, the Tampa Bay Rays, I think he actually just got named the bench coach. He's the manager, and I, I feel bad for him because there's like four or five shortstops. You have Willie Adames, <laughs> Jeremy Pena. You have – um, you just name them, and uh, Manny Machado, Vlad Jr. is going to be on the team. Jeez. Juan Soto, Julio Rodriguez, um, Teoscar Hernandez. I'm I'm trying to think, but Rafael Devers, uh, Sandy <laughs> Alcantara will be our you know one of our starters. Framber Valdez. Uh, uh, you you name the top 20, 30, As you were mentioning, there's ten percent. Think about the the best. 10% of yeah. those in, in, on, on the same team. It'll, it'll, it'll be a fun, fun experience for sure. Looking forward to that's, it. That's just amazing. So I have to ask another question that basically shows how much Americans are spoiled brats, but it is what it is. So the common perception is that Americans don't really care about this event that much. And as a result, maybe the American players don't take it quite as seriously. They grew up, the World Series, of course, is the dream. World Baseball Classic is kind of a novelty. But... There are other teams around the world that take this incredibly seriously, like they would the Olympics or the World Series. I know the teams from Latin America, some of the teams from the Far East, they will take this very, very seriously. So, so what is the difference? Is, is that just a product of upbringing? 
No doubt. It's a pride thing. You know, it's something obviously that, that really defines the country. They, they obviously, they want to be the best and this is a time for them to show it. You know, I think obviously in the States, there's other sports too, that, that dominate the, the, the country. So it's a little easier to kind of get, get lost in the mix, but for the DR, like baseball is, is the thing I think. And, and just, I said, it's in many other countries. So I think everybody's just coming, you know, fully committed. They're gonna they're gonna bring their A game, and I honestly I think as as recently as the last tournament, I know the USA won it. Um, I think as they're gonna come, you know, you're seeing a lot of more people committing to it a lot earlier too, as as I keep following. So I think this is gonna be probably one of the best ones. It so, seems like the rosters are getting better, yeah, which it's is gonna good. be really exciting. I'm, yeah. I'm pumped for it. And there's no limitations. I think a lot of the teams aren't putting any restrictions unless there's obviously a serious injury. So you're gonna see the top of the top, cream of the crop, uh, which will be fun. So let's transition a little bit to the college game. Uh, the head coach of your program, you're representing a little Tennessee swag right now as we speak, mm -hmm. uh, Tony Vitello. He, he really has it going on in Knoxville. And um, a lot of people don't know this, but four of the five previous coaches at Tennessee were under 500. So this is, this is a new school program, does not have a lot of history. But needless to say, their style has come <laughs> under a little bit of criticism. Mm -hmm. So the bat flips after the home runs – and the, you know, the fur coats the and the ones. dugouts. And basically, they've made themselves out to be a villain. So I know that it splashed the last couple seasons and put the program on the map. But go ahead, defend your... Defend your program. Yeah, I have Middle a lot. Finger of, and all. There, defend your program. No doubt. There's a lot to, to be said. I, it, one has been exciting times, obviously, in Knoxville. Uh, and and it, it hasn't been like that, as you mentioned, for a long time. And it's something that I'm, I'm thrilled about. The um, last real success they had was when you were there. 2005 was, uh, was the last visit uh, to the World Series my freshman year. And, you know, since then, obviously, it's been, it's been a road, difficult road. Just it's been tough to watch, too. I know the guys who came before this core that just had a tough go, you know. I think when I I was just in Knoxville a couple weekends ago, um, just watching a, a football game, and I got to work out with the team, got to take in the whole culture, the environment, the atmosphere, and you know, sat in on a few meetings, just listening to the whole nine, just how everything kind of runs uh, on a full day there of, of practice. So it was, it was really, really, really cool to see. I got to you know help out. Uh, run a few drills, you know, help out with some of the bunning side. Some of the things that obviously are still applicable in, in college was just fun to be able to, to see. So, again, I think I think that's kind of what it needed to happen in order for Tennessee to kind of come back around and, and be the program that it was once was. Um, I know, as you mentioned, a lot of people don't don't like that, but uh, it needed to be somebody like Vitello that came and was willing to, like, put in that that level of swag and ability to let players kind of be themselves to, to a certain extent. Has it gone a little too far sometimes? Uh, obviously, everybody has their opinions on that. and But I, I think it needed to happen. Otherwise, we would have probably been sitting here in Tennessee wouldn't have, be, wouldn't have been a team to be that we would have been talking about as far as their baseball program. Exactly. Right. right. So, like I said, Tennessee is not exactly a baseball blue blood. Never won the World Series. Made it to the finals once. That was all the way back in 1951. So mm -hmm. I guess the follow-up question is, I know this has been a nice little splash the last couple of seasons, winning the SEC, winning the SEC tournament, number one in the country. I know it's disappointing not getting out of the Supers, but is it sustainable to build a program like this going forward? 
or just having that ultimate bullseye on your back and being the villain, is that just going to kind of run its course? I think it's, it, I think it is sustainable. I think once you, you create this brand and, and, and kids start seeing like what Tennessee baseball is about, it's, it's a fun place. I, I look back and obviously I love playing for the Monaco, but if I was around this time, there's no doubt I would want to play for Vitello. I, I mean, you want to be in that sort of environment to obviously better yourself, which is something that he strives to do every day when he's there with them. I got to see it firsthand, but also you, you're going to enjoy the environment. The, they're rebuilding. Building uh, the, the facilities, like everything is going to be top notch, and like why wouldn't you want to be there? Why wouldn't you want to be playing in the SEC, giving your, your yourself a chance to kind of improve and, and and watch the best of the best? So what he's done, and I was just listening to him talk uh, yesterday or the day before on MLB Network. It's like he's just finally now starting to get his players that he not necessarily his players, but players that he's recruited from a few years ago. Right. So he's just starting to bring that, that crop of players that, you know, he kind of envisioned putting the, a team together at the beginning. He loved those kids that were there that were in place when he got there and he tried his best and he poured into them. But I think like, you're going to start seeing some, some pretty cool things moving forward for, for a few years, at least. No more middle fingers running the bases. That's all I have. No, Everything, no. Else Everything else I can live with. Definitely no more middle fingers. We can work on that. <laughs> all right, let's transition to where you are now. Uh, player development department for the Minnesota Twins. I think that's a term a lot of baseball fans have come to know and they're familiar with, but I don't know if they really have a working description of what the job actually is. So I would love to hear just sort of during the season what your day-to-day is like. Yeah. Uh, with my role as a, one of the assistant coordinators of instruction, you know, I, I get to obviously dive in, in into all the areas of the game, obviously, from professionalism to, you know, the cultural transition with a lot of the Latin players. You know, I get to travel down there quite a bit uh, throughout the year. I stay mainly in the lower levels just to help a lot. Um, it's, it's a place that, you know, I hold dear just because I understand a lot of the things that not only those those kids go through, but you know, going through the minors, it's, it's a grind. Like, you know, it's a lot of things that you get you get to learn a lot about yourself when it comes to, you know, playing the game, the buses, the hotels, the the struggles. Like, there's so many things that obviously it's what really honestly explains the the, the small percentage of players that obviously reached it. Um, and then obviously the, the smaller group that obviously gets to stay there. It's just because of, of the nature of the game and, and a lot of those things. So my role is, is just to be able to pour into these kids in, in every aspect. I mean, I, I feel like, you know, I get to wear many hats from the mental coach, you know, assisting with the mental department. We work in tandem. We help each other out like, hey, we got this to, to help this kid out. Um, this, the, the skills itself, you know, day in and day out, getting all the reps, whether it's with the outfielders, the base running side, some of the things that I have some experience in, in knowledge hitting, you know, I, I've kind of been able to dive a little bit and, and help out in that, in that regard, just to be able to just, just contribute and, and, and give these kids the best chance to be able to, to get to the highest level possible. Now, I'm guessing most of them are smart enough to know that your track record, your background, they should soak you up like a sponge, but I'm guessing every now and then, you have an interaction with the big leaguer or a bonus baby in the minors where he doesn't think that you have much to offer. <laughs> yeah, so. it, absolutely. And it, it, it comes with it. You have to understand that I, I try not to come in and, and just say, oh, I've done this. Listen to me. Like, I, first and foremost, I think the, the biggest thing is you want him to know that you have their best interests at heart. Eventually, they, they start asking questions. I think the kids will, you know, uh, they'll come up to me eventually once they get to see how, who you are truly genuine. You have to be authentic, show them that you're willing to help them. And then they want to know about you. You know, eventually you start building that relationship. It starts getting stronger and, and then you can start doing that. But as you mentioned, those things are, are normal. I think a lot of those kids come from different backgrounds, different upbringings. And you have to understand that and meet them where they are at, the, at that point and then find ways to kind of get them to where you want them to go, even if at, at, at first it seems like a little bit of a tough road so the last specific question i have for you it's a little bit selfish 
Hey, it is what it is. It's our show. Um, <laughs> but you spent some time in the offseason as the hitting coordinator for the Redbirds Baseball Club, mm-hmm. which is a travel organization here in Middle Tennessee, relatively new one. It's growing. It's mm-hmm. going very well. Mm-hmm. Again, selfishly, my son is part of this organization now as a nine-year-old. Nice. So you were working with kids as young as eight and nine this past weekend. Mm-hmm. And a few of these parents that are now a part of this organization, I mean, they're blown away that kids that age get access to someone like yourself and they just can't believe the opportunity. But I mean, let's be honest here. I mean, bluntly, shouldn't you be working with high level college players and future draft picks? I mean, shouldn't you be doing these super high level lessons one on one with that level player? Why are you doing this for kids that young? Yeah, it's it's just a giving back aspect. I think, as you mentioned, like I do have the opportunity to work with some older guys too, like at the collegiate level, you know, teenagers. But you know, bringing me back to this level, it, it's a grassroots. It takes me back to the days when I was their age, and like just looking back, like how would I have felt if I would have had a former big leaguer, you know, working with me? And I think that's what kind of brings me joy about that. I understand it's still a stage where it's all about them enjoying the game and it should always be, but I think that can kind of get lost in transition as you move up the ladder. So I think it, it puts me in a good place to like, just understand like, this is where everything starts. Like they should be able to enjoy this. And if, if I bring that joy myself, like I think I get the most out of them and I want them to remember a lot of this stuff that they're doing now with fond memories, just like I did. Even if I didn't have a big leaguer at the time, like I still remember that. And I kind of want to be able to give that same experience to all of them too. Well, I know one thing I can say with experience is that there's other people who are piping your CV. It's not you. Uh, you show up to this place every day and you just kind of do your thing and you do it with joy, you do it with energy and enthusiasm. And you're not telling people you're a big leaguer and you're not telling people you're a first round pick and you're not telling people that you went yard off of so and so once upon a time. Nobody would know those things unless it's parents out there in the facility who are like, hey, do you know who that is? Mm-hmm. So I think that's really, really commendable. And it seems like you're doing this for all the right reasons. I appreciate it. Thank you. One question since I'm kind of an instructor here and I know that you do a lot of instruction what's what's the main difference between a 10 year old and a 16 year old what's that do you work more with a 10 year old on enjoying the game or the mental aspect and then you get more into the technical when they get older I just want to know your difference between age groups that's a great question yeah I think I definitely uh, lean more on the side of getting them to enjoy it I don't get on them as much if they don't get the, the, the result that they want. I try to kind of, you know, find a way to get them to enjoy it. But also I'll, I'll, I'll sprinkle in a few a few things here and there, you know, whether it's their stance or the way they're holding their hands. But I think the more they enjoy it, one, the more they're going to want to come back. And then you can eventually start making the impact that you want on that side. And then, as you mentioned, I, I do think the technical aspect of it, like they do end up getting more into um, into understanding like, what they're doing right now like one of the things that i've learned about coaching and part of the reason why i wanted to do it too as you mentioned selfishly like i want to learn like what it is to coach kids this age like how do i get them to do some of the things that i want them to do like i want them to trust me i ask that question every (laughs) yeah and it's harder as as you mentioned like as you as you very well know it's like it's harder to get them to do it consistently they're not either not paying attention they're distracted they're they do one thing you tell them the next round they're doing the same thing like that's gonna come so eventually like that's going to happen. It'll take, it'll, it'll take some time, but I think mainly just getting them to enjoy it will be the, the, the biggest thing and putting that time with them. Like they're going to start understanding right now. They don't, they don't understand a lot of those concepts, like get them seeing the ball hit back up the middle or pulling it properly. You start getting too technical and too advanced. It's like, 
it's going to go in one ear at the other. So have them enjoy it. Have them enjoy it. They're going to come back, and then you're going to get the results the way you want further down the road. Well, do me mm-hmm. a favor, please. The 90s squad, number two. Uh, <laughs> do what you can, because <laughs> it's not listening to me anymore. Absolutely. I got you. <laughs> all right, let's play nine innings here. We do this game with all of our guests. Nine questions, very different answers from everybody. Number one, your favorite team as a kid? Seattle Mariners. Ooh. Ken Griffith Jr., I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> your favorite player as a player, as a kid. Obviously, we already answered that one. Number three, um, favorite baseball movie. Very Fa- important question. Favorite baseball movie. Uh, it's, I was thinking, as I was like going down a list of, of movies like that I wanted to watch the other night, Like Moneyball maybe stood out to me the most, maybe because it's where I'm at the stage that I'm at. Um, and I enjoy that movie. There's so many things about that that movie that... like taught me things that i i didn't know at the time so i got to appreciate it um so i would say moneyball yeah it's very well done what is the best sound at the ballpark the best sound i would say the crack of the bat maybe as a as a hitter for me you know it's something that never got old whenever you barreled a ball obviously if it was a homer better but whenever you hit that ball and you felt heard that sound it was one that you definitely feel good about more intricate question what's the best smell at the ballpark Mm. The food there, man. It's it, obviously the the more you go to different Popular places, yeah. it, it should be. I think you know when you go to different uh, places, different uh, ballparks, they all have their unique things that they sell. And you know, there's a popcorn, hot dogs. Uh, I know Texas has this humongous hot dog now. I, I haven't been there in in a little bit now. Everything's uh, bigger in Texas. Everything is. So um, <laughs> you know, it's the food. It's definitely the food. Okay. If you were playing a ball game tonight, you're playing center field, hitting leadoff. What's your walk up song? My walk-up song, I would have to go. I would have to go with my uh, come-out song in college by Pitbull. It was called Toma. It was. Uh, it was funny because it was one of the few Spanish songs that was being played at all around Knoxville. And I remember getting a lot of people asking me about it because it was a pretty upbeat song that that kind of brought me the the level of energy, especially early in the year when it's freezing. I needed yeah. something to get me kind of going. So, good one. Uh, it doesn't matter if it was little league. Doesn't matter if it was in the majors. I want you to tell me. One of the things about baseball players, we all have unbelievable memories of the games we played. Mm-hmm. Pitches, counts, ballparks. But give me a game in particular where you were the hero. A uh, game. Uh, there's a couple that stand out. I, I, I robbed the Grand Slam in Anaheim uh, off of Juan Rivera. He hit it. Juan off, Rivera. He, nice hit it off, he hit it off of uh, Derek Holland. I, haven't, I still haven't gone out to dinner for, for those four runs that I saved him, but <laughs> I, I, went, I, went, I went over the fence. To, He's spending it all on mustache. Uh, yeah, definitely. No, I, it's funny because I, I spoke to him not long ago. We messaged back and forth. He's, he's doing well. But he, uh, he, I think he threw him a fastball. He missed. And I remember tracking. It was a ball that was timely, like hit high enough to where it gave me enough time. You know, in Anaheim, that left center field wall is a little lower before you get into the rock. So lifelong Angels fan over here. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so you so you're pretty familiar with that field. I so, am, so you understand yeah. the dimension. So as I'm I'm running there, um, I'm, I'm timing it. I'm timing. It. I got a chance. So I got up there, and you know, as a as a fan of the game, watching as I mentioned Griffey being my favorite player, and mm-hmm. you know, getting the chance to play against him, which was like a, a surreal feeling for me. I got to see him do that, so that was one of them. And then I had a walk off uh, against the Reds in the 14th inning when I played for the Cubs. Nice. Dusty Baker was the manager at the time. If that tells wow, you how, how long, crazy. it's been about <laughs> sure. probably about ten years, close to ten years. I had a walk off. I was not even playing that game. Was that at Wrigley? I was at Wrigley. Okay, so it was. I was not playing, so I was sitting on the bench 
for it, the, that game went four things, so the 14 innings. So think about that and how long I was sitting just watching. Four or five hour game. Four, at least five and a half. It got close to six. I think I remember talking yeah. to my wife about it. And, um, and I, had, I ended up getting up there and facing uh, Broxton, maybe. And he did like 96 mile an hour. He, did, he threw me a, a middle way fastball. I drove it uh, through the six hole and started the caster scored. And I, we were jumping. And so I was kind of definitely a fond memory, too, where I was. There's so many him. amazing names you just pulled out of that one answer. It's <laughs> great. Okay, got to flip it now. Uh oh. Tell me about a game. Again, little league, big leagues, doesn't matter. Tell me about a game where you were the GOAT. Uh, yeah, I mean, definitely there's, there's a couple of those. I had one where I got thrown out to end the game. I got it was actually it was my debut with as a cub. I I was literally being brought in after being traded from the Rangers in 13 and they I was I flew into Chicago. They they drove me to to Milwaukee. It's not a long drive but it's long enough if you're yeah. trying to make a game. Yeah. So as I'm driving being driven there with my wife, I get pull, pulled up to the park. It's like in the 7th inning. So they dr- drive me in. And I literally didn't have cleats or anything. They throw me in there like, hey, be ready. You might pinch hit for Deonna Navarro. I'm like, <laughs> I, I, that I, is know, crazy. I didn't even know my wow. unit were anything. I'm like, okay. So it's not an excuse. I'm just giving you the rundown of like how I it's feel. Like it's a pretty it's oh, good it one. Was yeah. like, I, I hadn't even met my teammates. And I'm like, hey, you know, trying to stretch. It's like if he gets on and he sure enough, he hits a base hit to center. And I'm, I'm running out there like I have molded cleats. And <laughs> I ended up uh, trying to steal – we were down by one. I was like, hey, if you get a jump, go. And I ended up get, trying to give it a go, and uh, uh, Gene Segura tagged me. I look back, and I think if they had had a replay, I would have been safe. But obviously, the game ended with that, which was a awful feeling um, to, to end. So that was one that obviously I don't – I remember fondly in a way because of all the things that went down. But the way it ended wasn't how I envisioned, obviously, putting on a uniform to start out with <laughs> Start your I, Cubs, your Cubs yeah, career I, with that. I have a quick piggyback question off of that. Yeah. Uh, Game six, 2011 World Series. Mm-hmm. If you're in right field, are you making that catch to win the World Series? Man, Nelson, I if I'm playing no doubles, I would say so. I, I think if Nelson's playing no doubles too, he does. Uh, I think um, from what I had heard um, that – because I actually was hurt that year towards the end. Right. He uh, he should have been playing no doubles. Um, so I, I do feel if I'm playing no doubles, I can catch it. Okay. He would have caught it too had he been playing where he, where he should have been. You heard her first. We are dogging Nelson Cruz. That's Defin- why it's a DH now, right? Definitely not. <laughs> Nelson, Nelson's the GM for, for the baseball class. Yeah, I saw that. That's right. So, so he's a guy, obviously, you've seen his career. He, uh, I'm sure he wishes he had been a few steps. I probably would have been wearing a, a World Series champ ring right now had that happened. So. Now, is that a Nelson Cruz problem or, or is it a coaching? Um, that, that's got to be a combination, man. I think if you look at the how intense that moment was, like being yeah. aware that – I don't know. It's one you're at. You're regardless. If you're a coach and you're away, having to get the attention of an outfielder in that moment, yeah. you're probably mm-hmm. just jumping in and jump anything. Like it's probably it's a tough comp- not to do in a little league field. In yeah. a little league field, so it's like you're over there. Like you need to be playing no doubles. And maybe with all the things that transpired, if you guys look back at that game, there was a back and forth the whole time. Oh, yeah. Hamilton yeah. hit a homer. They tied it. Like it was one of those where, like, I remember I was watching it because I was trying to come back from my from my surgery. And, and I knew I had stakes in it because like I would have gotten a ring yeah. and I'm like man this is this is crazy so there was so much that it, it's it's easy to have slipped but also like you look and obviously the magnitude of that of that error yeah. uh, and when I say error it's like it's how error. costly it was is obviously right. one that I, I I would take back in a heartbeat and do over who again. hit that ball refresh my memory freeze yeah. that's right David that's freeze right. I remember. Hero, man. Oh, not that a, was not, a, not that a was so crazy <laughs> yeah 
he, that was absurd. It has to be one of the wildest World Series. Obviously, oh, yeah. there's been a lot no of them. That, but you look back at the sequence of that game and how game like six, right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's it's insane how that unfolded. And, and one that I, I will tell you one thing, I will not be watching again unless it's I just happen to run into it. I will enough. not go back and <laughs> yeah, watch. Yeah, I, I wouldn't either. I wouldn't either. <laughs> Scars run deep. All right, ninth <laughs> inning, last question for you. I, I, I can't imagine what your answer is going to be. If it weren't for the game of baseball, dot, 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 fill it in for us. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be where, where I am today. I wouldn't have experienced and met as many great people, wouldn't have had the, the knowledge, the information, wouldn't have learned – about the things that I that I got a chance to learn, wouldn't have played in places that I got to play. You know, I played in Mexico, played in the states, got to play in DR, got to play in, in Puerto Rico, and because I was playing winter league, um, you know, we got to travel. I got to travel. I pretty much have touched almost every state because of of, of baseball. You know, I've played in California, I played in, you know, you name it, Yankee Stadium. Like I, I just go back. I go. I sit today and. And I, I remember, I, I just, I can't thank baseball enough with all the things that I got to experience because of it. You know, the people, the, the, my, as I mentioned, my heroes growing up that I got to play against, like I wouldn't have been able to do any of that. So to me, it's like, what else could I, could I be uh, more grateful for than, than the game of baseball because of, of everything that it's given me? Julio, I think I speak for all of us when I say thank you so much for doing this. It's a pleasure to have you in the building. You've been with us a couple of years in the offseason. You're always so good to us. We try to be good to you. It's, it's a real pleasure having you here. Thank you so much for doing this. No, thank you, guys. It's, it's definitely a blast uh, sharing here some, some stories and, and being here, spending some time with you guys. Thank you. No yeah, problem. Thanks, thank Julio. You, the Clueless Joe podcast is brought to you by Pro9 Sports, committed to providing high-quality, precision baseball and softball products to help players perform their best on the field. A family-owned and operated business since 2001, offering a wide range of products, including game and practice balls, protective gear, team and player bags, umpire equipment, and much more. Here at the Nashville location, we use private label D-Bat baseballs and softballs produced by Pro9 in our pitching machines and lesson buckets. These balls are durable, long-lasting, and made with quality materials to replicate your game experience. Pro9 equipment is made to precise specifications and designed to provide a better way to play. To learn more, go to pro9.com or visit your local DBAT. Okay, time for three up and three down. I ask three questions. The boys don't know what's coming. They have to answer off the cuff. Number one, I, granted, all three are slanting a little negative this week. Question number one, what is the worst ballpark food? The worst oh ballpark food? I'll answer first. I'll answer okay, first. Okay, you go first. Cotton candy, hands down. Oh, I love cotton candy. It tastes terrible. Your sticky fingers for a month. My daughter has had it twice at two separate games and both times crazy sick. It's pure sugar. It's disgusting. Can't, it's a That's great smell. It's, it, so it's, it's so disappointing. It's so to, to actually eat it, it's so disappointing. I think most overhyped ballpark foods, popcorn, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, hands down. Cracker yeah. Jacks, honestly. I don't like oh. Cracker Jacks. Cracker Jacks are awesome. I, I, I don't like, are I Cracker don't Jacks like, still for me. sale? At <laughs> yes. Surely they, yes. Surely, they, they? Uh, surely they sell yeah. at the ballpark. Really? But still, like peanuts are Cracker Jacks. Honestly, it's though, in the song for Pete's sake. Ballpark food. Well, is I know it's in the though. song. Yeah, but, but also, I, also every park now is like gourmet food. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. not. It's not. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. they're doing. You're, you're going to find something. Yeah, I would probably go with popcorn too. Yeah, I think that some of the hot dogs are honestly kind of. Overhyped. Sometimes they're not made with love. Water yeah, they're yeah. not made with love. It, yeah. You're not spending enough time in Chicago, my friend. Which is true. Yeah. Yes. Not. I've had a Chicago dog. And those are yeah. 
Legit. I mean, you throw some honestly, ketchup on a, a Chicago Dodger, dog, though. Even a Dodger Ooh, dog. Yeah, you, don't, you don't have to put oh, anything man. on a Chicago dog. Yeah. They're already locked and loaded. Even a Dodger dog is not oh. super. It's overhyped? It's, it's not super Fenway impressive. Frank is overrated, too. Yeah, Fenway Frank. Really? Is, the, 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 the Italian sausage at Fenway is sensational. The Fenway Frank that they're known for is I heard totally cotton candy there. At Fenway. I had some of the best barbecue nachos in Seattle. Oh, my God. Yeah. What's Kansas City's like top Bar- food? Price, it's yeah. got to be barbecue. Some, probably barbecue yeah. nachos. Okay. Yeah, they're good. Something like that. Okay. All right, question number two. What is the worst baseball movie of all time? <sighs> There's some bad what's, ones. What's There's some, some classics, the scout, but the there scout, are some the bad scout, ones. The Scout, no, the scout is so bad. The, the, the Scout is so No, it's so bad that it's good. That's true. It's so bad that it's You're good. You're right. About, I, I don't, I won't, have you guys seen Mr. It. Baseball? That's also a bad one. I think Tom Selleck. Yeah, you yeah. talked about I, I've that I've never one seen before, that, I'm pretty sure. I, I, don't I, I haven't Japan. seen it. I haven't yeah. seen it. It's bad. It's bad. These man. are all good answers. Summer Summer Catch? Yeah. So that was, summer summer that was what, what I was going to say. What? I'm Dude, Freddie Prince J. Freddie Prince J. Sam, come on. Come on. Dude, what a terrible, terrible movie. Billy Brubaker. Nobody buys him as an athlete. Matthew Lillard, nobody buys as a catcher. Are you I'll kidding me? I'll even take him as an athlete. But a stud lefty so from Framingham unreal- State? Are you kidding it's, it's me? so And that movie, it's the Cape Cod League, right? Yes. Yeah. If you, if you watch that movie, Chatham, Chatham. Freddie Prince Jr. makes about 65 starts one summer in the Cape Cod League. <laughs> it's awful. I'm honestly going to say Mr. 3000 is my least oh, favorite. Yeah. I, I, it's tough. I just it's not can't. Good. Yeah, tough. I, I, I don't like that. It's not tough. good. I also didn't like that they were like playing for fourth place. Like, yeah. I, I honestly do like sports movies where they're playing to win something. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's what And I also like when they come for. up short. Yeah. I know I skew much older in this room, but is anybody familiar with a movie called The Slugger's Wife? No. No. Mm-mm. Michael O'Keefe, who played Danny from Caddyshack. Mm-hmm. He is the lead. He is an outfielder for the Atlanta Braves, as a matter of fact. And he is on a home run chase to, to take the... He's, he's on a pace to hit 62 home runs back when that meant something. And um, the Rebecca De Mornay is the girl that he's chasing. And she is a pop singer. And it's all about him chasing her and shim, her chasing him and their Sounds relationship. Great. And is it good for him? Is it bad for him? Is it good for her career? Is it bad for her career? It is an absolutely atrocious train wreck of a movie. Amen. Not to mention the fact that he is on pace for 62 home runs in a season and he weighs about 145 pounds. Oh, yeah. I mean, this sounds yeah. a lot like it's Tom Brady's life. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. Really bad. Yeah. The Slugger's Wife no, is probably, really bad. Probably Little Big League is my answer. Oh, shots fired. Uh, I'm not going to entertain I'm, that. I'm just kidding. I'm just trying to get aroused. It's realistic. not realistic. Look up from his phone hey, for that one. I, I do like Little Big League. I was just trying to get aroused. Can we at least say that Summer Catch at, is at least a somewhat realistic movie? In just a because, sense yeah. of it being the Cape just Cod. Because nothing with Matthew Miller playing catcher is the realistic. the actors aren't athletes doesn't mean no, it's not Sam, realistic. No, Sam, look at the... I mean, look, like John said, he's making... I'm a 50 stars. He, ma- he pitched six times in that movie, which is realistic. In the have, you, have you guys seen The Fan? Oh, yeah. Robert De Niro, Wesley Snipes. That movie's a little over the top. It's pretty not, bad. It, it's seen that. it's oh, pretty bad. It's, yeah. It's bad. It's not good. How can oh, you, no. How can We're, you hate some catch? Eric Van Lemer, the fireballer from Wichita State. We're, we're for, <laughs> no we, idea we are forgetting the. I'm looking at the list right here. We're forgetting the worst one. Ooh. Ed. <laughs> oh, God. 
You cannot. <laughs> yeah. There's no is way. That, the that is the, with the monkey. With the monkey. Joey, Matt Joey from Friends. Yes. Yeah. Matt LeBlanc and a monkey. Yeah. And the monkey. Yeah. Dang. There's no way that that is not. Dude, he kind of swung that thing. Totally <laughs> flew under the radar. <laughs> Dude, Crazy. That, uh, that was hey, good. That monkey good. could rake though, man. Yeah. He yeah. could. He, he could swing it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it was good. Did yeah. Airbud ever play baseball? Or yeah. Was he just strictly? There probably was strictly basketball. Seventh inning fetch. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> Moving on. Dude, that was probably <laughs> Moving a great on. film. Question number three before Zach keeps scrolling. What is the worst job in baseball? Take the question anywhere you want. Clubby. As far as work-wise. Yeah, club. Being a, well, it's some, like You get some fat tips at the end of the year. You do. I think being a big league clubby would be all right because there's like seven of them. Yeah. Are you talking about like in the organization? like Best job in baseball. I'm sorry, worst, worst job, job in baseball. baseball. Answer as you see fit. Okay. I don't know. Ticket sales. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. First hand. Ticket yeah. sales. Never do it again. Zach yeah. knows that. No. Yeah, but does that. Nope. Are we, I don't know. I mean, where are we going with the in baseball, though? Because I don't that's, really see. That's what I'm that, trying to say. That, that's around the stadium that's with a beer. baseball adjacent job. Yeah. Okay. So that's not. We're not going like to do that. Like actually okay. in the game. Actually in not the office. In the Front office. like. Clubhouse. Personnel. So not yeah. clubby. It's a hands down clubby. I'll give you my answer. Yeah. I don't know if this is the clubby's job or not, but whoever has to sweep the floor of the dugout after a game. No, yeah. no that's that's just the stadium workers. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. then that is the worst job in baseball. Yeah. Because the amount of sunflower seeds and gum and dip spit and God knows what else. I this just sta- looking at. If you're going to go that route, then it's got to be the people cleaning the Well, that's stadium. what I'm saying. That's not, that's not actually... Nothing is dirtier than the, the floor of a major league baseball uh, Clubby bullpen. does the laundry, cleans Dug the shoes, out, make sure the clubhouse is clean. Well, then I think there's your answer. Right, but I mean, that's what I'm saying. Well, in the big leagues, though, there's like seven of them. I'm not going to lie. There's a head I'll, clubby, and then the, he's in got... In double A, what, how many clubbies there's are there? There's one. One. Oh. Yeah, there's one. <laughs> do they, do and they he might get around your shoes, or he might not. No, no, it's like, it's not awesome. Oh my gosh. Like what was crazy, we we clenched the playoffs and obviously, you know, we like pop bottles in our clubhouse, destroy the clubhouse. Yeah. Then we go out after the game. We're out with all the team. It's like one AM and our clubby's with us and we're like, Oh, like we're like, This is awesome, you get to go out. He's like, Oh, I gotta go back to the field in thirty minutes and clean everything up for tomorrow's game. <laughs> And he di- and he didn't sleep. He had to wash all the uniforms, oh make sure the gosh. clubhouse was clean. That's terrible. Shout out to the grounds crew, though. That job. That's another job. Oh, yeah. That's I, terrible. I, oh, yeah. I worked that job for a summer for AAA Tacoma Rainiers. Shout long, out. Long, longest days of my life. I think I worked two 24-hour straight days of converting a baseball field to a soft soccer field and back. And... I would say that's probably one of the worst jobs. Yeah, I'll, I'll actually, was, I'm gonna lean, I'm gonna lean towards grounds crew. I didn't even think of that. That's awful. But shout out to the, all the grounds crew out there because very, very, very underrated. Or yeah, that's a that is a one. thankless job, pretty yeah. much. Let me guess: hourly pay, no bennies, all that good stuff. Oh yeah, definitely no benefits. Yeah, mm-hmm. overtime though, so it was nice. But yeah, that that's a tough, that's a tough gig. Yeah, especially I hope at the, especially in the minor, working twenty four hours, especially straight. in the minor league level when you're. Yeah, less pay, and you're doing three other jobs as well, as far as just taking care of the grounds, the the field. Yeah, no, I would never want to be a part of that. I, and then ticket sales. I could. I uh, I used to think that bullpen catching would be like the worst job in the world. Best job, but it's it's sick. I had that yeah. question a couple of shows ago. Sick. That's the best job in baseball. Yeah, sick. You're getting so much money out of that by players. Well, not if you're with the A's, but. Right, and you can do it until you're in your fifties. Oh yeah, it's the best. Oh yeah, 
Okay, yep. Zach Attack, your floor. Man. What do you got this week? I really hate to do it because this is my you dude. You don't hate to do it. Just do it. This is my dude, though. Derek Jeter. Again, this guy? He goes, he flies just under the radar. And all those Lincoln commercials. Oh, he, yeah. he, his whole career, yeah. kind of mysterious. Yeah, he partied. But, and he comes out with this documentary, which was amazing, by the way. I loved it. But now he's just completely commercial. And he's. By the way, the documentary was commercial. He was one of the producers. Hold on a second. That's not a documentary. Did you say fly yeah. under the <clears throat> radar? What radar did he dodge? Yeah. I'm, he wasn't really. I mean, he didn't. Wasn't on social. Granted, it was a different time. But even later in his career, he wasn't on social media. Even before before the documentary dropped, wasn't on social media. It was. I mean, he okay. was. So he was. He tried to be as private as he could. In my mind. Obviously, in his personal life. I see. Okay, I see what part, you're saying. Yeah. I right. see what you're saying. Okay. But but now, like let's say he didn't. Uh, oh, he, he sold re- out. He, he really yeah. didn't do a lot of commercials and a lot of ads, at least as far as I saw. And now it's like he's in every single commercial because yeah, he's out of the spotlight and he's, he's Jonesing. Yeah, he sold. That's fine. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, but he spent seven what... seasons with a C on his jersey. Yeah, that's my that's my thing. He doesn't need to to do that. No, he absolutely doesn't. But he needs the spotlight, so he sold. Yeah, I go. mean with the with the Marlins. How much spotlight are you going to get? But well, when you do it as poorly as he did, not very much. Yeah. So yeah, that that's my that's my Zach attack. I don't. I think it's. I don't. I don't find it tasteful. So he's he no was, longer your he hero. Was, he was also in a. Oh, he was also news. in a movie. The other guys. He was also. Oh, he, he was also. He was also in Seinfeld. He was also in Seinfeld. He did you not. Shot me. He didn't fly under any radar. But that's. I, I probably used that a little bit poorly, but. No. At the it's, same it's time, on, he, he, he no, I get, no, yeah, I get where you're going. I definitely okay. get where you're yeah. going. Which is a good Zach no, attack. He didn't because, fly under the yeah, radar because he was the best shortstop at the time. The car commercials are really bad. Car commercials. Really bad. The, really bad. Is it sure. Lincoln or is it Grand Grand Wagoneer or what? Well, yeah. I so, think it's Jeep. Jeep. Whatever it is, he's not driving. That, and that insurance one, I think it is, where he terrible. is pulled I mean, you're going up against Matthew McConaughey, and that's just, I mean, you're never going to catch Matthew McConaughey in a car commercial. Well, if you're going to do a car commercial, you got to do something cool. Yeah, you have to. You have to. Like Aaron Rodgers with State Farm? Come on. Mm. Discount, Discount double check. Discount double check. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and Ryan, what do you got for us this week? Uh, and Ryan, Cody Bellinger is overrated and got paid too much money. Preach. Dumb. Even though he's going to go off Dumb. this year. I knew, Preach. I, know, so I, knew, I, knew that, I knew that Sam would he's get a little rouse out of this. It's a one-year Dumb. flyer. I, Dumb. No, I don't. I I do not think he is a good baseball player. I, I really don't, don't either. But Why? what do you get? One Why? year, seventeen he's million not. with the Cubs. He's Why? not. Look Why? at his past Hold years. On, whoa, whoa, whoa. He, okay, Hold on. before we get off the rails here, I think the contract was one year, seventeen million yes. with the Cubs. No, eight, seventeen and a half. So, yeah. Okay. So, so half the going rate of today's All Stars. I agree. I, I think he's washed and can't play anymore. Don't get me wrong, but a one year flyer for a rebuilding team well, actually, on a okay. four-man repeat, I can see A one see year it. flyer is understandable, but I mean $18 million to a guy who's, I mean, the past three years batted a collective 210, 212? I think he was After his doesn't. MVP season? I'm not saying, he was good at a time, but he's not worth $18 million. Good he's at not. A time. Buddy, it was it was two years ago. Yeah, it was three years ago. Okay, good at a time. He's I'm not saying, washed. He's 26 years old. 25. He, $18 million is too much money. Did you guys see Josh Reddick's tweet? Yeah, I did. He yeah. said, I guess I should have tried to hit 200 and strike out 150 times a That's year. That's what I'm saying. Probably could have Shots made $20 fired. million a year at this point. Shots fired. I just think it was, was, I just think it was way too much money. But yes, the one-year flyer is understandable. He was a 23-year-old MVP. He was. Sam, 
I'm not saying he was. He has never been good. He was great. So he's he's not good anymore. I don't know what's wrong with him. Year this you year, don't, you don't think that there was an extreme amount of pressure on him playing in L.A. with a loaded oh team after winning an MVP? And he, and he just didn't. He didn't perform. I'd, I mean, I'm not saying he's been good. He's I want to hear that bad. Joey Gallo can't perform in New York. Excuse. Yeah. That's not that's not the excuse. Joey Gallo has never performed. He just hit a few home runs a couple years. Yeah. He's never hit over 205. Yeah. It's not know. that he can't I perform. Mean, it's there. He had an extreme amount of pressure. The Dodgers were trying to win. And I do think that if he goes to Chicago, where they do not care about winning this year, he's going to bat 300 with 40 home runs. He's gonna so he's, he needs to be good. He'll be good on a team that no, doesn't just, care. He just probably doesn't have any confidence right now. He and still plays a pretty mean center field. You have to give him that. I mean, could you imagine that if you say like you were, you know, at a big D1 school and you were awesome your freshman year and you really struggled your sophomore and yeah. junior year and then you kind of start losing your spot your yeah. senior year. Where's Let's your not talk about Zach like I'm that. Just, oh, yeah. wow. But just where's your, where's your, where's your confidence wow. going to go? Which is understandable. I, but you can't, you can't look at the numbers and be like, this guy's going to come back and I think, his confidence I is think that teams, gone. I think that teams know exactly what will happen if you give him confidence. Yeah. I will say, so you think, you think still. the money signs are, are what's going to give him confidence? I think that someone, be, someone believing that he can still do the 300 with 45 home runs and 120 RBIs is going to, I don't think confidence. that's going to happen, but let's say he hits 260 with 20. Yeah, is that 80. back to his breakout? Is that year? worth 17? Are you going to sign yeah. him for a bunch next? Seriously? Yeah. yeah, for sure. He's not going to, he's not going to hit 260. What's I, he going to hit? He's going to hit around 280 to 300. Wow. And I promise you that he hits. Write it least, down. I promise you that he hits at least 30. Oh my God. He's, t- he is talented. I, I know that he's talented, but there's something Mark going Fidrich on. Was talented there's too. something going on that That's a strong central division though. It is. But once again, like he still and they're, and they're not at the top anymore. He does have a swing that's meant for Sheffield Avenue. I'll give him that. I'm just saying, like the the pitching stuff has nothing to do with it because he faced top tier pitching yeah. and mutilated yeah, yeah, yeah. a few that's, years ago. I'm not worried about the pitching part of it. It's just like you're getting booed out of your own stadium every time you go to the plate. It's gonna be tough to hit. Yeah, Chicago got, fans aren't that bad. Mm. Especially oh, in the and, outfield. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, I spent he, a lot of time in the bleachers at Wrigley Field. Half the people there don't know what game's going on. The other half don't know who's playing. Yeah, you got Dodgers <laughs> and Yankees fans that are just... Right. You're getting eaten alive out there. I don't know. I guess we'll see, but, but it's, I think it was too much but money also it's like if you're past. Yeah, but you're in L.A. and every guy that comes to the plate is batting 300 with 30 home runs and you're the lone but guy shouldn't that give you? Shouldn't that give you more confidence to hit well? Is that it you're not as that you can Freddie just? Freeman? Yeah, I mean that you can just you feed off the off energy of other players. I mean, you think that that would I give you plenty of confidence to protect you. I think that just his 2020 year, he probably didn't care and he did bad, and then it kind of just led into these past two years because the 2020 year was fake. Yeah, like right. Nobody, yeah. 60 games. Yeah. I'm sure yeah. 90% of those guys didn't care about playing because yeah. there's no fans. Nothing. It's not exciting. Yeah, I don't know. I I mean. I'm not going to go back on my take. I don't think he's very good. I that's, don't think he's going to hit 280 to 300. That's Does that mean you're no also telling shot. me that Jose Abreu's MVP doesn't count? Yeah, that's 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. All right. That's we're going to have to debate. Bring <laughs> you back on John. John, come, come on. All right. It doesn't Sam count. doesn't have his own segment. But we're going to just call it I Am Sam. Ooh. There you go. Ooh. I think that was a Sean Penn movie back in the day. Yeah. yeah. I Am Sam. That's your segment. What do you got for us? Wow, I wasn't expecting this. <laughs> I was kind of just hoping to write it. Let me think of something real quick. You can edit this, right? Um, Dial it down. Why would I do that? <laughs> Way too much work. Okay, okay. Let me think of something here. 
I wasn't expecting to do this. So no, you're good. Like you're good. Should we have like? You usually have so little to say. Just, <laughs> just have a yeah. We want a fun we conversation. Hit on the A's, so. What have we? What have we talked about recently? We talked about a lot. I mean, you could talk about the Yankees. You've already booked Cody Something Bellinger for Yankees, comeback player of the year if you for one. <laughs> oh, about the Yankees. Dude, okay. 13 years. I mean, are, okay. the, Bra- are the Braves going to sign Dansby? Oh, yeah. There you uh, go. Are, yeah, I mean, he's the last shortstop available. Yeah, Braves, yeah. Go, Braves go. Dodgers still need a shortstop. Elvis, come on. Elvis Andrews is still out there. I can. I can. Okay. Yeah. We'll, yeah, we'll no, go with we Dansby. Have, we have, um, we'll go yeah. with if the Braves will sign Dansby. I don't think they need Dansby. Really? Ooh. No. Who'd you say is he's coming not up? that good? They have Vaughn Grissom. Yeah. I oh, just, that's right. That's right. Grissom. His glove, unbelievable, but we are not in a game anymore to where you cannot hit and play shortstop. And I am aware that he did well this year at the plate, but what if he doesn't again? Yeah, look at past years. Yeah, so. he's, he, he's he, he, hasn't, he hasn't done enough to earn he's a, n- a, a, a big huge contract. contract. No. Yeah. He's young. Well, I mean, all these shortstops are getting 11 and 13 years. 13 for, years. I mean, there's no way Dansby gets that big of a contract, no, right? I, it, no it, way. Be six there's also seven. no more Carlos Correa slander on this podcast, by the way. That's my boy. Yeah, I love Carlos Correa. Yeah, I was wrong on that one. Really wanted him to go to the Braves. Yeah. And by the Ray, way, would have been great Coach Corbin from Vanderbilt is a future guest on the show. Let's not hit too hard with Dansby Swanson. You heard it here Former first. Vandy boy. I don't think we're hitting hard with Dansby Swanson. I'm just saying. Just I mean, he's calling not, it how it is. He can't keep up no. those stats that he put no, up this year. No, he's not going to hit I know we've already, talked about, we've already if talked about goes, it. And if he goes to another lineup that doesn't have Austin Riley and so you, uh, Matt Olson. Yeah. So you don't think he's going to come back to the Braves? Or you just don't I think don't the Braves ca- need I them? don't care if he comes back okay. or not, no. Does he so go you're telling kid? me the Bra- are the Braves going to hit with Vaughn Grissom too? For sure. Just like they hit with Michael Harris, just like they hit with all – I mean, how many times are they going to hit with rookie after rookie after rookie? Until it, it fails. Yeah, until yeah. it doesn't work. They're going to reach. So what do you do if Vaughn doesn't work Spencer out? Spencer Strider. I mean, the list just goes on and it, on. It's cool incredible. If, cool if Vaughn Grissom doesn't work out, the next one up will come. Oh, That's how good, it, I mean, look. Good farm but they system. also don't, is, they yeah. don't give up on players. Austin Riley wasn't worth anything his first couple years. Yeah. They yeah. didn't give up and look at him. Yeah. And the dude signed a 10-year deal. Yep. He is a monster. He is. And, and I did. needs to get him on the show. I did always say that he, I always thought he was better than Acuna. When I played against both of them. Really? I had always thought that Austin Riley was the best overall hitter that I've ever played Where against. Where did he finish an MVP voting? Third. Third? Third. Yeah. That sounds right. He's good. He's Very really good. good. He's really, really good. He plays a mean third base. He's really good. Dude's got a rocket arm. Yeah. Well, we need to get him on the show, right, Zach? Former high school teammates. Come on. Another boy. I'll yeah. work on Dude, it. Dude, he Come hit on. a home runoff. Work harder. Work harder. <laughs> I helped him hit for the cycle one time. Did you? Baby. Yeah, oh, man. Good for you. He hit for the cycle twice against us in the fall league. Nice. Twice. Did you contribute on just one? Yeah. And it was the home run? Yeah. It was a three-run <laughs> three shot. The easiest one, huh? Three-run shot. Ooh. Very nice. That's the nice. best one to do. All right, that will do it for the Clueless Joe podcast, powered by Rawlings. Thank you to Zach Schreitenthal. Thanks, guys. Ryan Gaynor. Pleasure. And Sam Bragg. Go Angels. A very special thank you to Julio <laughs> That's Bobone. That's my dog right see what there. You did there. <laughs> thank you to our sponsors, Tanner Tees and Pro9 Sports. Thank you to our music man, Philip Kramer. And no, thank was. you for listening. Be sure to like, share, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss the show. You can follow us on social media on all platforms at DBAT Nashville. Oh, a second hand.